As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Happy Thanksgiving and welcome into another episode of One of These Years, our Detroit Lions podcast. You can find us on The Athletic app. Uh, ad-free. We're running a nice little $1 a month uh, subscription sale over the next few days here, so make sure you head over there. Uh, you can find that... Uh, best sale of the year, folks. Best, yeah, for sure. Last year, this best time, we year. Uh, had uh, the and entire coaching staff getting fired to, to pitch you, so this year, uh, <laughs> not necessarily happier things, uh, but not quite as dire. dire so, it was uh, quite a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You can uh, head over there. Nick's got a ton of coverage of uh, Michigan-Ohio State this week, too, along with Colton Pouncey and Austin Meek. A big, uh, big, big day in Ann Arbor mm-hmm. on Saturday, so make sure you head over there. The Lions playing on uh, Thursday, of course, against the Bears. Uh, I'm Chris Berg. This is Nick Baumgartner. And uh, Nick, uh, I don't know. <laughs> is yeah. this the week? Is this the one? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I mean, like, this has been... They've been so close in some of these, and I think that you know it. it you know, I think Fields is hurt, right? Fields doesn't sound like Fields is not going to play. Dalton, I think, yeah, Dalton uh, versus so it sounds like someone. Dalton, <laughs> I don't know uh, which which makes me, you know, obviously less. You're less nervous, but at the same time, they didn't know what they were doing with Fields either. I I don't know. I really don't know if this is the week, but like, feels like it needs to be. It feels like this is a short week. Maybe you can catch somebody off guard. Like I said to you yesterday, like this is Dan Campbell's bowl game, right? Like this is the big one. This is the Thanksgiving. Right, right. The, you know, like you pull out all the stops. You got any special plans or tricks or whatever? It's got to be here. So uh, I think we'll see some of that. I think we'll see some of that. I don't know if this will be the one, but I think we'll see more uh, <laughs> more cr- I, crazy shit from Dan I think we're going to see some razzle-dazzle. I think there's <laughs> yeah, going to be a... There's yeah. going to be a completion by someone other than a Lions quarterback oh, in this yeah, game. Probably. I will yeah, throw, yeah. I'll, I'll throw that out there. <laughs> or at least an attempt. Yeah, I, right. I was talking yeah. to uh, Kevin Fishbane, who covers the Bears for mm-hmm. us, and is just thrilled to be coming to Detroit on Thanksgiving <laughs> for the second time in three years, let me tell you. <laughs> so I had to apologize to him uh, for the scheduling, uh, yeah, especially but... since his team is now... At least the weather will be good. Well, Three and it, it seven or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and he, I said, should I pick the Lions this week? And he's, you know, he said, he, I actually think Dalton gives them, <laughs> might give them a better chance. He might, and I, right. And I said to him, I, I'm, 
considering picking the Lions, because I know that they are st- don't hate Dan Campbell, and I feel like the Bears might hate Matt Nagy right. at this that point, and that kind of matters yeah. when you have two teams not going anywhere. So we'll see. I'm sure uh, Twitter will be full of people complaining about this game uh, as it goes on for three and a half hours <laughs> on uh, Sunday. I don't know what the halftime show is yet either. I haven't seen Oh, that, that's true. So. We haven't even heard. Uh, uh, there wasn't get, one last time. We usually get that by... This time, I assume yeah. there is one. I'm assuming it's coming back. Um, usually, yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll see. We'll leave my comments on who the halftime show is until after we see it. <laughs> so Sunday, I did the uh, day trip down to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice and cold and rainy, like every road game now, apparently. That's right. Um, and it was more or less the same thing that happened in Pittsburgh, except no, they, they lost couple, by couple three miles west. instead of getting the tie at the end. And uh, I don't really know... I don't know how. I guess you could read that a number of different ways. You obviously had Tim Boyle in there for an injured Jared Goff at quarterback. You had Dan Campbell calling the plays again. Josh Reynolds made his Lions debut at wide receiver, and it did not go well. No, it didn't. Uh, so I, I don't know. I think we maybe start with Campbell here because that yeah. seems to be the talking point coming out of that game. That's what I wrote about on Sunday night because he's called plays for two games now. They've thrown for. You know, in regulation, thrown for like 130 yards. Goff had another 60, I think, in overtime against Pittsburgh. But they're not doing anything through the air on offense. It's ultra conservative. He talked after the game about how, you know, he didn't want to put too much on Tim Boyle's plate. It wasn't fair to Boyle if they did that. I don't know. Like, is there a way forward here with Dan Campbell calling plays, regardless of who the quarterback is? Well, I think that let's just sort of unpack what is happening there uh, and like what isn't, I guess, because I think that some people and rarely so because it's been a little confusing. I mean, I think that people in camp, the way Campbell sort of tried to explain it has been confusing. And Lynn, I thought, explained it better um, the week prior. But this isn't necessarily a situation where Campbell went to Anthony Lynn and was like, give me all your stuff. Give me the cheat. Uh, you're done. Like, go sit up there and give me a Diet Coke when I ask you to give me a Diet Coke. Like this, he didn't like demote him or take the playbook away from him. But at the same time, like he kind of, he kind of did like, right. I mean, he kind of did get in, he kind of got in between and wanted to be the guy who talked to Jared Goff. That was more or less a thing. So there are times in this situation, it seems like where Lynn is calling plays. And then there are times where Campbell is calling plays but all of them are being delivered from Campbell to Goff in terms of like he's the right. voice in Goff's ear. So if there's any last coaching points to make or whatever, he's the one making them before the thing cuts out. Uh, you know, that is not super uncommon, I don't think. Um, that is not as uncommon probably as people maybe think it is. I think that's more of a thing people do, especially coaches like this. Um, and I think that there's probably a little bit of Anthony Lynn that's like giving Dan Campbell some rope as a coach who's kind of finding his way for the first time as a head coach. But um, I got to tell you, Chris, this feels a little panicky to me too. And it feels like it probably needs to be reeled in. And I don't know what line you got to walk there if you're Anthony Lynn. Like I feel like Lynn's in a weird spot because I don't think he was probably thrilled (laughs) that Campbell wanted to do this. But I don't think he was – I doubt he was furious to the point of like, oh my – you know, he's probably – like I said earlier, I bet – knowing these guys a little bit that we do, he was probably understanding to the degree of like, he's been a head coach before. He understands the situation that you go through. You're trying to get a win. You're trying to do anything you can think of. And, you know, they're going to respect, you know, you're the head coach. I'm going to respect that. You know, I've played, you've played. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to blur that line. So, 
you know, he's doing his job, but at the same time, like, I do wonder if it's like, it's not Anthony Lynn's job to tell Campbell, like, hey, you need to breathe, man. But maybe is it? I don't know. Like, is that what he, <laughs> he was hired to do? Because it feels like somebody needs to tell Dan Campbell, hey, man, you need to breathe and let your coaches coach. Because I think that sort of needs to start getting back to what we see here a little bit. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong, but no. that's my feel. What I don't think so. I mean, I yeah, I have a lot of thoughts yeah. on this situation. I, I yeah, I don't know how to really break it down because I think I, I think you're right. I don't think Dan Campbell's 100 percent taking over play calling duties. No. That's never been how they've explained it. That's not what Anthony Lynn has told us. That's not what Campbell has either. told us. Right, and I don't think I think you're right. I think he just wanted to be, as he said, he just wanted to be in the ear of Jared Goff more for whatever reason. I think that's a little. Mm-hmm. ambiguous why he needs to be doing that as much yeah it's weird as he wants to and then i guess in tim boyle's ear on sunday but right he wanted to be in his quarterback's ear more but i don't think he's he hasn't totally taken play calling duties from lynn so lynn's calling plays and then just giving them to campbell and then he's giving them to the qb and that's how it's working right now right i don't again i don't know necessarily what the need is, I mean, Campbell's on the sideline. Anthony Lynn is up in the box, which I think is the other interesting element here because Anthony well, Lynn yeah. now can't talk to his quarterback really at all. I mean, he can hop on the like, after the drive, you know, 1970s yeah. rotary phone, phone yeah, on right. the sideline <laughs> and talk to him in between possessions for a minute or two. But that's yeah. it. He, he Now Anthony Lynn has no line to right. his offense from the booth other than through Campbell. And so that is interesting to me too because – you're taking away that dynamic, the Lynn Goff dynamic, um, and it, and as you pointed out, you know Anthony Lynn. This isn't like this is some random first time coordinator that you found and we're like, well, let's give this guy a shot. This is he's been around. He mm-hmm. knows how it works, which I think probably has smoothed this transition. Right. But exactly. he also like I don't if this is what it's going to be here. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't I mean, know what Anthony Lynn's going. I, I can't imagine Anthony Lynn's back in 2022 if he's going to be like a figurehead right. on offense. And, and I mean, I, I think exactly. And I think that part of the reason why he probably came here, because if we go back to the winter, um, you know, like Anthony Lynn had opportunities to go in other places. But I think part of the reason he came here was like it was a unique opportunity in a unique situation with Campbell. He, he wanted to work with him, too. It was an offensive coordinator job, a chance to sort of like teach a lot of young guys things that he's really good at. But also, like, maybe to help Campbell kind of get his feet. And I think that as long as upper, you know, whatever, at you know, management, ownership, Campbell, whomever, is explaining to Anthony Lynn behind the scenes, and we don't know what these conversations are, like, we want you as much for your knowledge to help Dan as we do for your knowledge to help this offense. Like, yeah. if that's uh-huh. part of what's happening here, then I think that's great. I do. But... If it's getting in the way of, like, your flow of a game, which it did, like, the fourth quarter on Sunday was terrible. The play calling on the fourth quarter, especially at the end, was terrible. Like, you gave you gave yourself no chance out of the conservatism and everything else. It's getting, you know, I don't like this. I liked it better in the situation, I think, when Campbell was coaching the coaches. You're seeing the individual improvement at that, like, granular level. You know, guys getting better through their position coaches and Campbell sort of being the guy who goes around and helps everybody tie things together. You're involved with the offensive course. I understand wanting to be maybe even more involved with that, but if it's gotten to a point where he's taken half the plays or something, or this is a weird disjointed thing, uh, if we, if they do that again Thursday and it's the same thing, then that's got to stop. That'd be three games and it was, it'd be terrible in all three. 
And then that would be something for the same reason why you started this process, for that same logic, you'd need to stop it. And I think that that's how I think I would look at this going forward. Uh, you know, I, I would say you give it one more. Let's see. They've had some quarterback issues. Golf was hurt. Boyle was brand new. One more. If it doesn't get better, then I would say, you know, and if they don't change it after that, uh, then I would start to question what's going on here. So I, I guess the thing that confuses me too here, and maybe you can shed some light on this, is th- this isn't like it's an open two-way communication between Campbell and the quarterback. He's got no. 15 seconds at the end of every play, or until, yeah, 15 seconds yeah. at the end of every play to get the play call in. It's a one-way line. You know, the quarterback doesn't have a mic coming back to the coach. So I'm just trying, I've been trying to figure out for the past two weeks what Campbell is gaining by having this now, by adding this to his play, other than maybe maybe making it easier on himself to say, all right, I'm going to call this play. When it, Before he had so, to go to Lynn and say, I'm calling this one, and then call through Lynn. Like I, Maybe he's taking yeah, that step out of I it. I think what's happening is Campbell wants to be the guy who tells Goff, because you know, Goff needs this, let's be clear, as we learned in, with the Rams, that whether McVay took it too far or not is up for debate, but clearly he needed it. Goff needs someone to tell him in the, in the phones, whether it's the OC or Campbell, Hey, if it's cover this, don't do that. If it's that, do this, right? If we've if we're sending two plays in, and this, you know, let's be careful in this situation. I think they're he, you know, it's reminding him of situations. I think that is what you're adding to the play. So it's hey, we're running X, you know, whatever it is. Also, you know, hey, if we get this look, don't do that. If we get that look, don't do that, right? Like those types of coaching points at the last second. Are the are the things he wanted to do? Those are the things I think that he wanted to take back or take over from Lynn, probably even more than the plays. I I would imagine like that's that was my read listening to Lynn talk about it. Like when he talked, was it last week? It wasn't last week before. Um, whatever it was before before the Cleveland game, he talked about this, and you know he he said you know Dan wanted to talk to his quarterback, and I, that to me means he wanted to be the guy, the last person in his ear sort of giving him those points of, you know, we need to make sure we're paying attention to the X, Y, and Z. And, you know, the way it's been explained a couple times to me is making me think that this is all about, this is as much about trying to find a way to make Jared Goff more comfortable. Um, But like, maybe it's more also like Dan Campbell trying to be more complete. I don't know if it's both. I have no idea. But like, if it's not working, it needs to stop. Because like right, that's right, what I would yeah. say at the end, like yeah, uh, that's the long and short of it. Because it's just clunky, you know. The beginning of the game felt forced again, just like last week. They didn't let Boyle do anything. I there's mean, not I, really any flow to what's no, going on on offense, even when they're in their game script at the start. There's oh, not really, are, yeah. It's uh, there's rough. not really anything where they're like, all right, these are. It's not like all right. Here are our best fifteen plays. Let's just get a good start. We're not getting. No, I mean maybe these that, are yeah. their best fifteen plays, and they just can't execute it. Yeah, but it's I not. I think they're so deep in their own heads with like, or Campbell is for sure. Maybe they all are, but Campbell is for sure with like we just they're trying to find and you know and we've seen the Lions. They're at their best when they're out there just rocking people off the ball and running the yeah. ball downhill and being smart on third down. Like like folks, their best heavy rep player. In 2021, is Sewell like their best player on the team, all the way through, start to finish? This like their offensive line, the backs, like we know what they look like when they're at their best, and when they're trying to force all this other stuff, 
Like, whatever. It's gotten to a point where, like, the second and third quarters over the last couple weeks have felt like, okay, this feels more like it should. But the first and fourth quarters are a nightmare. And it makes me wonder, like, are you guys rotating? Like, what is going on? (laughs) Like, because when you just get into, yeah, when they just get into their four-minute offense and just run offense, I really think it's good because teams have a hard time with them when they're doing that. But when it's at the start of games and they're on a script or situational and they want to do something, it's like, what the hell are you doing? Stop it. Just run your goddamn offense. This has got to stop. So these little tricky, gimmicky, whatever things, like, I think that Campbell's too far in his own head. Like, I think he needs to, like, pull back, breathe, coach the coaches, and, you know, let them do their job. I, you know, that's, he got a really good staff that cares about it as much as he does. I think that he needs to, someone there probably needs to remind him of that, maybe. <laughs> Something, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's all from a good place, right? Like that's by taking right. it. I don't think any of this has been from a bad place or a selfish place or whatever. I don't think, but you know, I no. guess we don't know that. But I don't think that, and and I guess until proven otherwise, that'll be my stance on that. I love the idea that they uh, of rotating, <laughs> like they got yeah, the Lloyd like, Carr, like Henson Brady yeah, right. thing. Like you take the first, <laughs> yeah, right. he'll take the second. We'll see who does better, and that guy will have the third. I love. That. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll and then I'll make this decision later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, okay, so just to clarify, the, the mic shuts off with 15 seconds left on the play clock. So yes. I have 25 seconds. So there's plenty of time, as Campbell has said. He's flipping back and forth between yeah. Lynn and whomever else and the quarterback. Um, but you're right. I mean, I think one of the things that intrigued both of us uh, as Campbell was hired and put together the staff and then watching him in the spring and summer was how he was just sort of bouncing from group to group during camp. You know, he was not, yeah. mm-hmm. I need to sit here. Like Matt Patricia would camp oh, out God. with yeah, like right. the quarter <laughs> cornerbacks or the defensive linemen. And that would be like just his thing that he did for the day was he just watched them. <laughs> Campbell didn't do that. He was bouncing around. He let his coaches go about their business and he was trying to get the, the overview of everything. And then he'd go back and he'd rewatch every play in practice, you know, two, three, four times. And so he was trying to get a full, picture view of this and for whatever reason two weeks ago now he's decided to kind of not that he's ignoring the defense or ignoring other areas but he's narrowed things a little bit for himself by taking on this yeah this play calling duty or this communication duty or whatever we're calling it uh so i think that that is interesting i mean it you watch him in those like those post game press conferences, and again, we're not in the locker room anymore, so we don't get quite the same feel for how guys are reacting after games. We don't get to talk to as many people, but the players are coming up there, and you know they're disappointed, still pretty upbeat most of these times. Campbell, after every loss, looks like he just wants to die, and so oh, God, I do wonder yeah. if, like you said, I think some of this. I don't know if panic is the right word but it's something somewhere in there we're like what we lost it didn't work for eight weeks we got to try something pretty drastic here we got to get a win and so i yeah i mean i i don't know i don't know how they it'd be an awkward transition back now too i feel like to go back to lynn at this point Um, well i i mean i would argue that it wouldn't because i think this 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 is what i would argue that it wouldn't only because this is a unique situation with these staffers i think you have a mature staff i yeah. I think that that's why I would I wouldn't totally freak out about that. I understand it could be though. Not to totally discount your point. I would I could see the other side of that though because I I think Lynn is you know, we've talked to him a few times like he's not a he's not a bullshitter and a guy that, you know, he's if he's upset about it, he's going to tell him. 
right? Or whatever. He's not not going to tell him. Um, but it's also like he's not not going to do whatever's best for the team. Like, he's a football guy. He's been on these teams forever. Like, he knows how this works. Like, the head coach is the head coach. That's the decision. These are Parcells guys, too, right? Like, at the end of the day. Like, I, I think I, I try to remind myself that a lot. Like, yeah, they're right. going to respect the command of head coach on down. And, like, they came here to help Dan Campbell build the team. And I do think that that's part of the reason why Campbell's doing this because he knows he can get away with it because that's part of the, like, that's why I kind of hired you here, man. Like to, to help me with this. But the critical thing here is like, we've talked about this whole time. Like if you do it again and it sucks again and you keep doing it, then like now for the same reason you tried it in the first place, which I would argue was, was panicked, you know, at least panic motivation, you know, panicky, we could say, panic-ish, whatever, if that's a word, I don't know. But, like, <laughs> it's partial, it's driven out of panic, but, like, yeah. if it's not working still, then you need to stop that too, right? Like, the, you know, that's, that's I guess, the thing I would say, like, or at least find a way to make that better one way or the other, or, you know, go back to doing some of the stuff that you were doing earlier in the year that hinged on development. I, I get... You know, the, the whole thing about wanting to get a win here is what's doing this, you know, clearly. And that's the, you know, Campbell is, like you said, Chris, I mean, I think that, you know, you've got guys on the team that like to compete, you know, and I think they're working hard to find more and more of them, you know, but there's not too many people that are going to be in the entire building that are going to outcompete Campbell or Aaron Glenn or Anthony Lynn. <laughs> so I think that these guys are just like, especially Campbell, I think he's just in it like he can't. I'm not going to not try anything until we get a win here. I'm not going to, you know, but at the same time, like, is that, I, you can't let that blind situations where you're, you're, you're missing development or you're costing yourself, whatever, which I don't know if they're necessarily doing that, but like, that's kind of the line. It feels like he's walking here because this has been weird. And, um, (laughs) you know, like it's been, and weird's fine to a degree, but, you know, weird, too much of it becomes like, okay, now it's a problem. So, I don't know. The other thing that you brought up a few minutes ago that has jumped out to me, especially in Campbell's press conference this week, is this idea that he seems like he's trying to hold his quarterbacks, especially his quarterbacks, but sort of the whole roster in general, especially his quarterbacks' hands through yes. these games. And yes. I, I know that the reality of this situation is that they are the worst team every week. They are not. There's a reason they haven't been favored yet this year. There's a reason they don't have a win. (laughs) They they are just not as good as these other teams on paper that they're playing. And so the gap is massive, by the way, right? Their game plan, their game plans are the Rams game aside when they were super aggressive early and kind of caught them off guard and got the lead. Their game plans most weeks have been to just do what they've done the past two weeks. Let's just grind this thing down. Let's try to get to the 58th minute with a chance. And it's worked five or six times this year where they've been in it late. But uh, as I wrote coming out of that game, like I don't think you can go 60 minutes with that and expect to win games at some point. Oh, you've yeah, got no. to go let your players do something. And to me, that's where the gap is happening right now. They're right. trying to navigate these games to such a specific degree that, like for Campbell to say, well, we didn't throw on, you know, they ran it. They had the, the whatever it was. They got it to 13 to 10 on Sunday. They got the ball back. They uh, threw a pass to Hawkinson for 24, 25 yards. And then their mm-hmm. next three plays were a run to Jamal Williams for nothing. 
a screen to uh, Godwin Igwebuke that was specifically designed for Godwin Igwebuke. Like that was the reason he was in the game. Right. The Browns destroyed it. it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Four or five. <laughs> and then third and long, you hand off to Swift and you punt on fourth and nine. You never get the ball back. And Campbell said after the game, you know, they just cannot, they didn't want to put too much on Boyle's shoulders. If you threw too much, as good as Decker is, eventually Miles Garrett's going to get through. And it wasn't fair to Boyle to ask him to do too much coming off, you know, 10 weeks off in those conditions, whatever. I hate that so much. And that's what he said after the golf. That's what he said uh, after the Pittsburgh game, too, more or less, about uh, golf. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the golf thing was an injury, though, too, right? Like, I mean, he was like, golf's hurt, you know. But a lot of it was the, you know, a lot of it after that game was the weather wasn't very good. They have TJ Watt and those other guys up front. And we, so we were just trying to, yeah, I get all Make that. sure we it's... didn't put us in bad spots. So I guess, A, this just further hammers home the situation they have at quarterback, right? right. And then, yeah, B, I don't know. Like, to me, that's the next step here for this coaching staff is to just turn these guys loose for the last five minutes of a game and just say, like, all right, we're down by three. Yeah, There's six minutes left, three minutes yeah. left. Let's just throw a pass. Right. If it gets picked off, who cares? Whatever. We're 9 and one anyway. Who uh, cares? This team's so already win-win-less. Who cares? Right. Like, right. I mean, like, yes, I agree. Because you said something in, a second ago that is a thousand percent correct. If you get a talented team and call a game like that, you're going five and eleven anyway. You're never going to win <laughs> five and twelve. Yeah, right. Or in the new, you're never going to win enough. So like, I I was and I said this earlier. Like I, I the fourth quarter was bad, and it was bad all the way through. But to to be clear, I was sort of with Campbell and Lynn and whoever was calling the plays or whatever, <laughs> almost up until the last drive. Because I got it. Like, you don't want to take shots with Boyle if he's not going to pay attention to certain coverages or if he's going to get too emotional and, like, make a bad decision. Because it's just, you might as well just turn it over right now. Like, if it's going to be that bad, I get it. But at some point in the fourth quarter, it's time to go. Like, what are you, what else are you doing? They were, they, they finished that game coaching you know, to try to back into a win. Like, people will call that, you know, trying to uh, not to lose or whatever. Like, I always, like, that's what I call You're trying to accidentally win a game. You're trying to see if the other team will just give you the game. Like, Belichick a game, I guess. But, like, you're not good. So, it was the same thing that Patricia used to do. It was the same stuff. You were trying to, like, squeak your way through at the end and not try to take a chance. That's bullshit football. No one respects it. And you're not going to be able to go into your locker room and look at those guys and say that you gave them everything that you did. Because you didn't. And I think that that is not something that they're going to be able to do again and keep this thing going with everyone in the boat the way they want to, is what I would say. That was my reaction after that game, because that last drive was a give-up. Like, people were upset about that draw on third and long, and, you know, I, I we were, like, talking about, like, that screen was probably even worse. And, I mean, like, you might as well put it on first down. Like, what were you... And hope, and hope they fumble it, I guess. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what else were you trying to do there? For the first time all year, I think that's where I finally was like, I don't understand what you're doing with Dan Campbell. Like that was my first, all the way through. Like I don't, I, he, you're, this is bad. Like this is a lot of the mistakes that he's made this year. I think have come from a place where I understand why he did it, and he took a chance and it backfired. Like this was like, and I, I don't mind those when you're taking a chance and it's backfiring in a situation like this. I think that's fine. This is not that, and that's not him either. You know, and I think that. That's what I would say here as we've talked about this. This is an important conversation because 
it feels like Campbell's trying to be something that he's not almost, right? Like I don't we don't know him that well, but like from the we've been around him for a year. This doesn't feel like this feels weird. This doesn't feel like the kind of vibe that we've gotten from him all the way. It just feels like he's trying to do too much. And um it didn't work. And I think that that's the bottom line situation on it. Yeah, so I, I had some conversations with people on Twitter after that game and after the third and fourteen call that we're arguing, you know, yeah, you can't, you can't, you probably can't trust Boyle fully in that spot, frankly, which is fine. And Swift's your best player on offense, so you give him the ball. He's broken some. The third and eight, I mean, the touchdown run, I think, was on a third and eight, but it was basically all DeAndre Swift. Like he made the guy miss at the line, he made the guy miss at the second level, and he outran everyone else. That yeah. wasn't a great play call. It wasn't you know, something magical they found in the playbook. It was right. just DeAndre Swift, Swift making a, a play. Human. And so maybe yeah, you're right. hoping he does that again yeah. on fair. third and 14. Yeah, right. Sure. But again, that situation, I know Swift was had gotten kind of banged up before, but I, I had issues with that sequence. I had issues with kicking the fuel on fourth and one. And maybe Swift getting hurt on the third and one had kind of pushed them that, yeah. that way. But for me... You get that interception, you're there, you're down by six. If you don't trust your passing attack right. anyway, what are the odds that you're going to kick a field goal, get a stop, get the ball back, and put together it's another true. drive to go right. score? <laughs> I, right. I don't think they're very high. And then the same thing with the, the like you said, sort of that give-up series. You're punting. First of all, you run on third and 14, and so it ends up taking like 35 seconds off yeah, the, clock the clock when there's three yeah, minutes right. left. Right. Uh, but then you punt. If you get a stop and get the ball back, you're probably what, back at your 30 again. Or worse. Or worse. And now you've got to throw the ball again. So at some point, again... You're you, going like, to have to throw it at some you're point. You're going to have to throw the ball at some <laughs> right. point. That's the, yeah. sort of the conclusion yeah. I'm getting to. It's yes. either that or Baker's going to throw a pick six. Like Maybe they thought we have a right. better chance yeah. of Baker Mayfield throwing a pick six than of scoring an offense. But yeah. at some point... No, no matter how you did the math there on those decisions in the fourth oh. quarter, at some point you got back to, okay, well, we're going to have to make a play through the air. You were yeah. not going to get the ball back. Say you get the stop on that last possession. You get the right. ball back with like a minute 55 or whatever at your own 25. There. Yeah, <laughs> You're going to give it to Swift eight times? Like, I just don't – at some point you got to throw the ball in that game. It just the sequel the, – yeah. The situation dictated it. And, right. And something I mentioned to you, and I go back to his comments about, you know, Decker's really good, but he's still got to face Miles Garrett. You know he's going to get through at some point, and Bullshit. Boyle's been hurt, and so we didn't want to give him too much. And we've had this, from the moment he showed up, Dan Campbell, we've talked about him as this player's coach. Yeah, And yes. I, the feeling I'm getting here isn't necessarily so much that he's trying to be somebody he's not, but that he's trying to be so overprotective of his players right now. Yeah, that's a good point. That they're going into these shells where it's, well, we lost, but nothing horrible happened. You know, like it just, it was sort of the flow of the game that we lost. Like Boyle didn't throw yeah. a pick with a minute left. Like Decker didn't get beat and give up a strip sack that went for a touchdown. Like it was nothing terrible. We were in it. We played hard, and we just kind of couldn't uh, come up yeah. with that one play. That's mm-hmm. that's the sense I got, and I hate that because yeah, so bad. I just don't see how you win games playing like that. You don't, and you're right because I would argue this: like, does Taylor Decker need you to go say, "Hey, man, like, uh, I didn't throw the ball because I, you know, right. was hoping that you wouldn't give up a sack to Miles right. Taylor Decker"? No, it's Taylor you'd Decker. be like, throw it, <laughs> throw it eighty times, man. I got your back. Like, I'm gonna be out there, you know, like that's. 
You you don't, you know, hey, Sewell, uh, I don't think that we're going to, you know, throw it much today because we don't want you to have to get tested. He'd be like, he probably punched you in the face. Like, that's the team you've built. <laughs> yeah, So right. this is not fitting with what you want this to be. Like, they're here for you, man. Like, they'll do all the things. I agree. That's a great way to put it. And I think that that's, that's what it's been. It's like, are you... If you're worried that about these guys getting embarrassed or something to a point of like they can't come back from it, like they're zero and nine, man, and they're still here. That's not going to happen. Like they're not going to get embarrassed to the point where they can't get back up. That's why you kept these guys. That's why Jerry Jacobs is still on the team. He doesn't give a shit. They can lose every single game, and and they will be out there on the last game of the year, and he will p- be playing as hard as he possibly can. Like these guys don't care one way or the other. They're going to play hard no matter what. If you give them the stuff that this staff gave them in those games that we've seen earlier in the year where they were fighting these really good playoff teams within an inch of their life, they get we've seen what the roster gives you back. But like when you give them this, well, I didn't want to put them in a situation where they might get embarrassed <laughs> bullshit. They're going to be like, man, I don't need this. I did not ask you for your help, okay? You said that we were going to get up and bite somebody's kneecap off. Not we are going to fall down and you're going to lay on top of me and hope that I don't get <laughs> Hit again, like that's what this. That's what it's been, and that is not Dan Campbell, and that is not this team, and that is why these last couple have felt like, especially that last one, felt weird for a lot of people, and I think that people sense that. And I, I got you know, it's been a couple of days now, and we've had some time to get away from it a little bit, but like, I'd ask you, I wanted to ask you the same thing when we were talking today. Like, it fans were not happy. They're not happy after any loss, but that one was different. Yeah, and I think it was di- people had different reasons why maybe they were upset, you know, the way they were. But everybody felt a little bit more like, man, that was not that was not it. We are like we're here for everything else, but not that, you know, and I think that that um, really kind of struck me. I was interested to see I mean, you were there, obviously, and everything else. But like that, I kind of felt that I wanted to see if you felt the same. Well, it's just a different vibe, right? I mean, like yeah. and I go back, keep going back to the Rams game which increasingly looks like just an outlier game plan like they saw a couple things on special teams (laughs) and we're like well we can catch them McVay doesn't McVay's out to lunch or something like uh but that I think that the Ravens game like some of these games have been people have sort of said from the start like if that's how they're gonna lose that's fine let's go down swinging and that's sort of been the like you said that's been that's sort of been the mission statement here. Like we're not going to be, we know we're not going to be good this year. We know this is a long-term project, but we're going to make your life miserable. And I guess they are doing that. Like I can't imagine the Steelers or Browns felt great coming out of those games, no. you know, about how they went. So I guess oh they my are God, making. The Browns were probably panicking. <laughs> Comple- you imagine if they lost? What would have oh, happened? The season would have been over. Yeah. Somebody would have gotten fired if they yeah. lost that game. Mayfield's career might not have been the same if they and lost Matt Nagy, that game. And Matt Nagy's probably out if the Browns Someone's lose on Thanksgiving. Or the Bears yes. lose on Thanksgiving. But Someone's getting fired. So I guess the they are win. making right. life miserable, but I think you're right. Like, I think that there's. <laughs> not enough. <laughs> I, the, I want to couch this by saying I think the, the players are still 100% behind Dan Campbell. Tim yeah. Boyle came, you know, people kept trying to get Tim Boyle to criticize oh, yeah, the no, play no. calling and the presser. And he's like, Dan, I mean, love Dan. Of course. We're here for him. We're going to play hard for him. All this stuff that we've heard all time and time again from these players. And we see it. I mean, they would not be playing this hard if they hated no. this guy. So no. it's there. No. They still support him. Yeah. But 
to your point, I think you're right. At some point here, and I don't know that anyone needs to go, like, I don't know that Decker needs to go into Campbell's office and be yeah. like, man, come on, yeah, <laughs> let's push us. the gas. Yeah, right. Maybe, maybe somebody needs to go tell him that, but that's I think what, that yeah, there is going say. to be kind of a breaking point here where, where, uh, somebody needs to do that. Maybe that, yeah. maybe they do. Maybe it's Brockers. Maybe it's Jamal Williams. Like someone needs to go say, look, we are better than you're letting us be. We know yeah. we're not good. We're better <laughs> than you're letting us be. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I don't know. Um, I want to get, and back. I would even gotta... say this, I would even say this. I, it's not even that we're better than you're letting us be. It's like, you're not letting us find out. You're not letting right. us find okay. out. Okay. That's you know? fair. And, and I think that that's, and I think you're a thousand percent right. That it would be within one of the old, you know, if, if if it's to a point where he's, maybe this has happened, you know, already. I don't know. I mean, maybe it happened after the game, in the game. Who knows? But, like, if it got to a point where he's so far deep into his own head to try to protect them and they've sensed it, then, yeah, I mean, it would be up to an older guy to kind of be like, look, man, like, you're not, you're not, now you're not giving the, 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 the plant room to grow here. You know, you're trying to, you're trying to shield it and it can't grow that way. And, you know, that's, that's not how this works. And I, he knows, you know, look. I mean, he knows that. I, he's been around too many good football coaches to not know that. So um, this will be an interesting week, I would say, yes. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. At what point does that not that there needs to be like a mutiny here or anything, no, and I no, don't want to no, keep no. talking about Matthew Stafford all season because he's gone and he's not coming back, but at what point does <laughs> does your quarterback need to be the guy who does that? Who says, Look, I will it's third yeah, fourteen, call a draw, I don't want to run this play. Like it, at yeah, what point, isn't this the whole point of being in the quarterback's ear well, in yeah. the first place? <laughs> like for him why... to say, I we're not we're Let's throw it. Let's take a shot. We need to go downfield. Like, yeah. do you want to see more of that from? Yes. I mean, I don't golf specifically, but I guess whoever's in there. I mean, they did try with Boyle the one time and he got picked. Um, so I, you know, <laughs> which wasn't really his fault. Yeah, which was think. a tough one. It happens <laughs> yeah. that you know it is what it is. You move on. And you, but he, Boyle missed some shots in that game. He's going to miss some. But I think that that's kind of like you know that. You just, you do. And like, you know, when we talked to Campbell on Friday and he kind of was like, he had that smile and joke about how he didn't have, you know, Boyle is not lacking for confidence, but we have to be really careful with him because as you've seen, you know, and we saw Boyle out there in August, you know, like chucking it around and some days it was bad. Like, you know, and some days it wasn't, but like, if you're not going to give him a chance to sort of make something happen, then like, what are you even trying to do? And I guess it goes back to the greater point too with golf where it's like, that I've said before, 
you know, so much of this screams like you're bending over backward to to help a quarterback fit in with 10 other people when you need to really be finding a quarterback that it's got to be the opposite. You know, it needs to be the other way around and it's not. And that's, that's the problem in the hand, I guess, that they've been dealt. And um, that's not all on Campbell. Dan Campbell didn't trade for Jared Goff. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, and I, I think that, I think I would say that too, as we go down the stretch here and, and they have decisions that they have to make and everything else. But yeah, I mean, if, if it's boil on Thursday, like you've got to let him take some, you know, the only reason he's interesting is because of the arm talent, right? And the, his ability to get out of there and move a little bit. You've got to let him try it. I mean, I think that that's just the situation. And right. whatever well, Blau, he's... Re- Blau started on Thanksgiving and, and they opened with like a 75-yard flea flicker or whatever. Yeah. It was so like, holiday, I know so. that he's been out and I know he's been hurt and all this. Whatever. Take the thing, take the couple things. He's an NFL quarterback. Take the things he knows how to do and do them and just let him, you know, I mean... I don't know, but you got to let him take some chances. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because of this is just not, you can't do that. That's nobody's going to be, nobody's going to buy that going forward. Not on your team. And that's the problem. I, uh, I also sort of have take issue. We'll talk about something else. Cause we're 40 minutes into the play, <laughs> but I also take issue. And I wrote, mentioned this in the story coming out of that game because I Campbell at his introductory press conference said, you know, our big thing on offense is we're going to find our our mismatches. You yeah. know, we're going to take advantage of the guys. Wherever we have those mismatch spots, we're really going to take advantage of that. And they have they have some of those guys uh-huh. that can do that. Hawkinson, Swift, you know, last week I think was a good example of what Swift can do. But Swift, Hawkinson, St. Brown to some extent when you move them around. Khalif Raymond had a big game uh, in L.A. and now has gone completely absent again. And I don't think that that's happening either. There's not a lot of creativity no. happening in this offense. It's a lot yeah. of the same, like the same screen to St. Brown and and that exactly. sort of thing. You know, it's not, they're not force feeding Hawkinson, which I think you can do. Um, and so I, I don't know, like, that's the other thing that's bothering me right now is that it just continue. It's almost, it's almost regressing here. And I know that again, the ta- I know the talent isn't there, but you have four of your, well, Vitae got hurt Sunday, but it, yeah. three and a half of your five pieces on offense, uh, on the offensive line, Hawkinson, Swift, a couple receivers who can do things. You know, Reynolds played a bad game Sunday, yeah. but maybe he helps you. You've got some pieces here that you can work with, and they're not really doing anything other than giving the ball to Swift. They're not really doing anything that's stressing defenses no. out. And I think that that's, that's bothering me too, because yeah. even with a backup quarterback, and with limitations at wide receiver, we saw in camp and the preseason and in very early in this year, there were ways to motion guys and and do some creative things. And that's not happening either. And so now you're just with, well, either right. Swift gets us nine or that we're going to punt. That's yeah. basically what they're at. Like, I mean, that's what I was furious about, I guess, was like the Boyle's, the, the advantage Boyle gives you over Goff in the immediate that's like not anything that's doubted is that his release is faster. He gets the ball out faster. So like there was a couple times earlier in this game where they were able to get the ball on the perimeter to St. Brown. And you can see what he does in space. If you're not honoring that. And the fact that they didn't attack that like 12 times until Cleveland was just like, okay, God, we're going to put three guys out here and make sure that this isn't, you know, a thing light in the box. And now you hammer him with the run. Like they need to be attacking every, like you said, every, 
force feed Hawkinson if they're not letting you know, make them give. You know what I mean? There are things you can do to get your playmakers the football. Like they've done that earlier in the year. This has not been that. The last couple weeks has been more of like this weird, like we need a couple gimmick plays in here, or a couple. Th- it felt like stuff we'd see from Bevel, where it was like, no man, like no, stop it. Go back to the matchup situational football that you were doing earlier in the year, where if you find something that works in a game, you do it until someone takes it away, and then you counter it. Like that's that's what Lynn has done at points in this season when they've looked really good offensively, and they've looked like they've known what they're doing anyway. I don't know if anyone would say that they've looked really good at any stretch, but like where they've had teams on their heels, that's what they've done. And they haven't done that these last couple of weeks. And that's, I think, another difference, I'd say, that's popped up. And, you know, I'd like to see that against, uh, you know, going forward here with a guy like Boyle. I, like I said, I don't want – I feel like we should talk about something other than the play calling. And I yeah. I do think that Aaron Glenn deserves a mention at some point here. We haven't talked a ton about him. We've talked about some of those pieces on defense. But they – I know Mason Rudolph was terrible two weeks ago. Baker Mayfield somehow might have been worse yeah, on Sunday. Uh, my God. But other than the Eagles game and maybe a stretch of the Rams game and then the 49ers game, this defense with a lot of pieces who probably should not be playing and won't be here next year continues to give them a chance. And Dan almost to the point where Campbell's leaning on him too much, and that's why he's being conservative. So... I've had people ask me this on Twitter too. How long is Aaron Glenn going to be here before <laughs> someone snatches him up and says, you're going to be a good head coach? I mean, because well, I think it's headed that direction, right? Yeah, at some oh, point. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, that's headed that direction, um, I would think, sooner rather than later. Although I would say that... The Lions, it's going to be about what the Lions do to um, make it worth his while to stay. I mean, like, we wrote about this in the um, story we had a couple weeks ago about the what we think, what we know. Um, you know, they need to make it clear to Aaron Glenn, they being, you know, Brad Holmes and the front office, um, that his input is going to be valued and noted come draft time, come evaluation time, on the day. Like, because... He has, like you just said, Chris, like he has what it takes to get this defense fixed fast, like a lot faster than we probably ever thought was maybe possible. Um, But you've got to give him more than this. This is, this is ridiculous. Like they don't have any guys, (laughs) they don't have any guys. And so, you know, the money is the money and that's difficult. And I'm not saying that they didn't, that this isn't the case, that they don't do this. I'm just saying that as they go forward, I really do think that that is something that the whole organization is going to have to be, you know, you're not going to have him forever. But I do think that if you treat Aaron Glenn properly and correctly and right, then this is a guy that, you know, you say, hey, man, we think you're a lion. Maybe that means something to him. You know, as you go for you're the first ones that gave him a chance, right? You've had coaches that have come through here before that have been really good coaches that turned out to be better coaches elsewhere that, never felt like they had any attachment to this place because nobody ever made them feel that way. Well, I mean, I think this is a time to, you know, a chance to change that. Campbell talked a lot about, you know, what they've done with Staley and some of those guys to try to get them to come here and stuff like that. Like, I think that's what you do with a guy like Aaron Glenn is you just do everything you can to, you know, see if he wants to stay and 
finish this project out. I mean, that's why you come here, right? To make a name for yourself, but also to build a project. So yeah, I think that that conversation is probably going to have to start immediately. Um, sooner than later, I would assume Glenn's going to get some interviews this cycle. I, I would be a little surprised if he doesn't, um, whether they win any games or not, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I look around the league and I see teams that have all sorts of problems that I think a guy like Aaron Glenn could come in and fix real quick. <laughs> so I think that, uh, yeah, I think that's something that they're going to have to address probably this year. I mean, am I, wrong? am I off base, you think? I mean, am I too early in that? Do you think uh, that it's going to be a minute for him or no? I mean, I think they might have a little bit of a window here just because he he has so little experience as a coordinator. Yeah. Um, and a lot of teams are kind of hesitant sometimes to make I, – I, I think it's shifted in recent years where, you know, we're seeing teams get a, think outside the box a little more in well, terms of – that's what I mean, yeah. What the yeah? So I I I wouldn't be like you said I I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some interviews here. I think maybe they have another year or two before. Maybe yeah. I, like I even just from an optics standpoint, I don't know if you can sell to your fan base. Uh, you know, one year coordinator from an O sixteen and one team. <laughs> that is true. Uh, it depends on the team. You know, one depends on the team. One. Um, yeah. If you're the you know yeah right. If you're just as bad. But but yeah, I mean I right. <laughs> but I do think that he has. Even watching that game, uh, even watching that game Sunday, like I don't think Oruwariye had a pick, but I don't think he played very well. The linebacker Anzalone got just oh my god, wobbered all day, Teller just... all over the field. The Jarvis Landry touchdown run that you know the trick play oh. touchdown run. I have no idea where Anzalone was, was going horrible. on that play at any moment. It was a dumb uh, call by the Browns so, too, oh, and terrible, it scored terrible like, execution on both yeah, sides of the ball. So the linebackers weren't very good. I didn't think Oruwariye was that good. You said uh, on TV they mentioned that Glenn had to walk away after the one yeah. touchdown because yeah. I think he was furious. I, I don't want to keep pinning everything on Will Harris, but Will Harris was the edge guy, and no one yeah. covered the running back leaking out on that side. Uh, so it was either him or Reeves Maben. There's a lot of stuff going on. Charles right? Harris yeah. was supposed to hit that guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't something. Somebody didn't do something right. So they're masking a lot of issues here the pass rush he's sort of creating just with like Sunday we talk about the Lions offense not doing you know creative and new things Sunday they blitzed Reeves Maben like two or three times and he hasn't done much of that at all and I don't know that the Browns were expecting him to and it worked pretty much every time they brought him so this has been pretty impressive again like the Philadelphia game yeah that was was kind of a meltdown for everyone yeah but a lot of these weeks they're at least hanging in there and most of that I think is probably on coaching so that's big time I think that's encouraging like any good cornerback I think Aaron Glenn um is doing a terrific job of playing his opponent you know I think that that's what we've seen this year uh a lot of times you know you know I they buried the tapes and stuff uh I guess right in the bye week or whatever right like the Philly game is the one that you you can bury the other ones. I wouldn't bury because there's some things in there, you know, that you can that you can take away from. And I think that we've seen this all year, even when they they had some good quarterbacks that they've gone against. That you know, he's sort of really done a great job. I think of studying other teams' best players and quarterbacks specifically, and sort of what they do best, and sort of trying to give them things that he knows will annoy and bother them. And like he forced. You know, in that game, I think part of the reason Mayfield played so poorly is obviously because he's dinged up. But also, like, I mean, Aaron Glenn's forcing him into 
taking chances on throws that he knows that Mayfield's going to take chances on that he's going to hang ball. You know what I mean? Like that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing all year. Like we talked about that with Aaron Rodgers about playing the shell. And, you know, we actually criticized that game about coming out of it too early and getting burned. But like the fact that he pushed it that far and had him sort of frustrated to a point where it felt like if you could have stretched it a little longer, maybe you would have really frustrated him. Like those are the things I think I've noticed this year with Aaron Glenn that, I think speaks to his feel for football. Um, you know, obviously I think that takes a lot of film work and everything else that goes into it from the staff and him included, but I just think he has a really good understanding of who he's playing, you know, like that, I, that's what's come across to me all the, all the way. And I think that's why it's just like he, when you listen to him talk about football, the way we've been able to do, and I guess maybe that's why we probably talk about it different because we've, we've been able to speak to him so much about this stuff, but like, he, it's just it's just natural for him. He just gets the game so on an easy, like logical, whatever level. And I think he does a great job of taking that one step further and sort of understanding what all players are thinking as they're going about their day. And I think as a defensive coordinator, that's a big deal. Because if you can use that to your advantage, I mean, what else are you really even doing here? It's not really about what you're scheming. It's about what they're trying to do against you. So what are you going to give them to bother him? And I think he's great at that. And it's been yeah. good for this team. Yeah, I mean, if he can teach me the basic tenets yeah, of his right. defense in 45 <laughs> minutes, I'm pretty sure he right. can handle these guys good, and do right. this every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, well, we have a, a special little bonus episode for you this week as we get into Thanksgiving, uh, a little bit of our Thanksgiving memories. I, I oh, mentioned yeah. the game this week. So we'll close on that. The Bears coming in, the Lions... Uh, brutal first half last time they saw Chicago oh and tried to yeah. scratch and claw their way back. But that was that first half was about as bad as they've played maybe this year yeah. uh, in a game that we thought that they might oh, win. Yeah. Yeah. The Bears are coming in off a, a rough loss to Baltimore's backup quarterback, uh, Tyler Huntley there. Yeah. Um, Andy Dalton's probably starting. I mean, this feels like another opportunity here, right? Like this is yeah, one. The Bears aren't good. Right. They're not good. They've already played them, so there's no not going to be any surprises. They're banged up. Yeah, no. And they're not a good. chance. The Bears are not good, and they can't possibly like their coach. I mean, come on. <laughs> if you no get this does. team down at halftime or something, yeah. like 14 to 10, and you come out and like score a touchdown in the third quarter, you will win the game. They'll quit. They will quit. So, like, yes, I think this is the opportunity that you're looking for in terms of, like... If you can just stop playing like hot garbage in the first quarter one time, that's the other thing. Like, how many weeks in a row has the have these first quarters been Bad. just like they've scored? Are 20... you playing football or something else? What are you doing? <laughs> they have twenty points in the oh. first quarter this season, and ten of those were in the Rams game when they used an onside kick and two like, fake this is punts. The opposite of Patricia. Like, I feel like if they can get a good start. Against somebody, they're not going to blow. They'll be able to hang on. I think better, right? I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll be burned on that <laughs> on that <laughs> prediction too. But like that's what I feel like for this game. If you can get a good start, you know, yeah, and get them to get them into the, that headspace of being like, is this even worth? Okay, whatever. I don't, give, I don't give a shit if we do lose to the damn Lions. Maybe they'll get this asshole fired. Like that's you know, if you can right. get them thinking yeah. that, like maybe you get a win. Like that's that's the NFL. I mean, that's. That's the game within the game. So I think that that's the recipe this week. Start fast. Uh, you and, know, be better than the last time, at least. Jesus. 
And Khalil Mack's on IR, so the Lions can throw the ball without worrying about Taylor Decker yeah, getting right. Heaven for forbid his, Decker gets up a sack. Uh, <laughs> Jesus yeah, we'll see. Hopefully uh, you all enjoy uh, the game, I guess, as much as is possible, but enjoy some uh, time off this week and, and get to yeah, spend it with family. your families yeah. and everyone's happy and, and healthy and uh, we thank you for subscribing and listening to us and reading us on the site. Again, if you don't have a subscription yet, this week we're running our uh, dollar per month subscription deal. It's the best offer we run all year. So head over to theathletic.com. You can find the, the deal off any of our articles, which we tweet out all the time. As I mentioned, Nick, uh, Colton Pouncey, Austin Meek have that big – I guess not Colton. Colton's got Michigan State, Penn State. But uh, Nick and Austin Meek have uh, the Michigan-Ohio State game covered this weekend. Uh, tons of stuff going around around both of our college football teams too so head over and and check out those subscription deals if you don't have one yet otherwise just get over there and read everything that's up and you can find the podcast ad free over there on the app otherwise you can get us on google spotify apple Uh, rate review subscribe thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon